Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. If you like what you're hearing, why not try a StephCast subscription? Only $4.95 a month if you buy a year in advance. Go to stephaniemiller.com to find out how. Morning, Glenn Kirshner. Good morning, Steph. <laughs> Justice feels like it's, I don't know, either on life support or maybe circling the block, can't find a parking space, something. <sighs> Can we start with just, let's start with the Kyle Rittenhouse, because we were just talking about this. I, I don't even know what to say about this judge anymore. But so this is the, we were talking about the witness that he asked the the people to, to, to applaud. Mm-hmm. People in the courtroom for to veteran, applaud. For Veterans Day, he said, "Is there are there any veterans right. in, the, in the audience today? So this, this witness, this Kyle Rittenhouse witness, is uh, a far-right wing activist who spoke at a pro-Trump rally shortly after Trump lost. He said, uh, whether Donald Trump wins or not, it's your time to rise because we'll not go down without a fight. We will not go down without bloodshed. Let me just say what's on all our mind, your, all your minds. If you want a second civil war, then they got one because I will not let this country fall. I will not let this country burn. I will fight to the very last breath. Okay, so that was the witness defending Kyle Rittenhouse, who he says was trying to de-escalate violence with his AK-47. So the judge didn't allow Either this or the, I, I don't know, Kyle Rittenhouse flashing white power signs in a, you know, T-shirt hanging out with Proud Boys. I, explain to me what's happening in this Rittenhouse trial, Glenn. What's happening is, is we're seeing the worst of the criminal justice system in the Rittenhouse case. Just as I maintain, we saw some of the best of the criminal justice system in the Derek Chauvin trial for murdering George Floyd, where that judge and, frankly, the parties conducted themselves exactly the way you should conduct yourself in a courtroom. This judge, Bruce Schroeder, I think is his name. You know, I, frankly, he is so ill-tempered, ill-mannered. He's yeah. ill-suited to be a judge. Yeah. But it, it's not just sort of the his form. It's the substance of some of what he's been doing. The most gross abuse of his discretion, Steph, in my opinion, is when he said the prosecutors can't call the people who were shot and killed victims but yeah. the defense can call them looters and rioters and arsonists and, I guess, people who needed a good killing, right? That's the message this judge allowed to be sent to the jury. You know what? That disqualifies him as far as I'm concerned. And frankly, I suspect you're going to see complaints roll in to the Wisconsin Judicial Committee, which oversees the you know suitability of judges to sit. And maybe there will be some action. Of course, it will be too little, too late for the Rittenhouse trial. Yeah. Um, so his mom was uh, crying on Hannity last night. Um, I, does she have no legal culpability in driving her son across straight, state lines with an AK-47, AR-15, whatever it is? 
right? Yeah, to- she, she may very well have violated the federal law, Steph. And you know what? If she did, she needs to be held accountable as well. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you, I don't have high hopes for a guilty verdict. And I can explain why if you want. Yeah, no, please. In, you're talking about so, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Kyle Rittenhouse case, I was a you know I was a career homicide prosecutor in D.C. And the problem is the law of self-defense is pretty unforgiving when it comes to the prosecutor's burden of proof because once some evidence has been introduced to trial that the defendant might have acted in self-defense, well, the burden is on the prosecutor to prove beyond a reasonable doubt there was absolutely no self-defense. And, and that becomes a challenge when you have the defendant take the stand, which rarely happens in murder cases, but in self-defense cases, a defendant almost has to testify because he has to prove or put on evidence that in his mind he had a subjective, honest belief that he was at risk of imminent uh, a bodily injury or death and that he needed to use deadly force to repel the attack. Once he so testifies, and he was a well-prepared witness by his defense team because he laid out why he discharged his weapon on each of the three occasions regarding the three victims he shot. It's going to be very hard in my estimation for a jury to say, I, I will disbelieve all of that beyond a reasonable doubt. They could strongly suspect he was guilty. They could strongly suspect he didn't exercise self-defense in accordance with the law, but a strong suspicion is not enough. So I fear we're going to see a, a verdict that does not hold him accountable. Why was it not let in or not relevant that he previously had seen people coming out of a store and said, thought they were shoplifting and said, I wish I could shoot them? How is that not relevant? So that's what we would call propensity evidence. When you start introducing evidence of other things a defendant has said or other acts a defendant may have engaged in that aren't directly related in time and proximity to the charged offenses, the judge makes an evidentiary call. He has to balance the probative value versus the prejudicial effect. And you know what? Judges will disagree on how to strike that balance. That was actually a legally supportable call by the judge. All right. Well, and I can see how he was in his rights as the defense counsel for the uh, for the defendant. I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm not, I don't know that the judge is actually defense counsel. He just seems like it. Right. Okay. Let's, so let's move on to today because obviously we've a lot of stuff going on. The um, January 6th Select Committee is warning Mark Meadows they will pursue c- criminal compen- com- um, contempt charges if he does not comply with the subpoena uh, this morning, right? So if, if they said Me- uh, Meadows has no valid legal basis for not cooperating, Warren, they will pursue criminal contempt charges if he does not show up today for his deposition. So, but as you keep saying, Bannon, what, I think you're still doing the watch, aren't you? Oh, Steve Bannon and Devin watched day 21. That was yesterday. If we if uh, we declined to prosecute bank robberies, we'd be encouraging future bank robberies. Thank you. Um, and, and as you tweeted, you said now Mark Meadows is refusing to comply with the subpoena and Stephen Miller was yucking it up on Fox, mocking the rule of law. These people are lawless. When will Congress use its lawful power of inherent contempt to protect our democracy? So let's talk about all of that. Inherent contempt where we are with, uh, you know, at the DOJ. Yeah, for whatever reason, Congress has an inferiority complex. It is turning to the executive branch, the Department of Justice, to do its dirty work. It's not dirty, but do its enforcement of its subpoenas when Congress has its own enforcement mechanism called inherent contempt. And I'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, with the Department of Justice, we are now, as you say, Steph, on day 22 of the Bannon indictment watch 
He could have and should have been indicted inside of a week. That's been done before. Um, and the Department of Justice, by just failing miserably to indict Bannon in a timely manner, they might as well post something on the DOJ website that says, you know, witnesses, you need not comply with congressional subpoenas. Yeah. Because that is the impact of DOJ's failure to indict Bannon in a timely manner. But here's the thing. Congress can remedy that because they have a lawful power of inherent contempt to enforce their own subpoenas. Real quick, criminal contempt being sent over to the Department of Justice for indictment is to punish Bannon for committing a crime, but it doesn't compel his testimony. Inherent contempt, which, the, which Congress can deploy at any moment, compels testimony because they lock Bannon up, they put him in a jail cell, they give him the keys to the jail cell, and they say, hey, look, sport, you can unlock the jail cell door all you have to do is testify. Yeah, they refuse to use it. They're neutering themselves, and they're they're well, acting like a second-class branch of government. I mean, maybe you or I don't know the answer to this, but are were they waiting, thinking the DOJ was going to indict, or are they still waiting for the DOJ? Or I mean, you know you're, what I'm saying? You're a co-equal branch. Yeah. How about you, man up, you woman up, and you yeah. do it yourself? Mm -hmm. You have the lawful well, power to do it. We've been talking. Everybody's been talking about you know your colleague Joyce Vance's piece, and you said I agree with Barb McQuaid and Joyce Vance that these things can take time, but they also can be done quickly, as was done when EPA official Rita Lavelle was indicted just nine days after her the congressional contempt referral, um, and Ms. Lavelle hadn't tried to destroy our democracy. People on the other side would argue, as Joyce did, that she, the government lost in that case. So that was her Doesn't argument matter. for why. It's more, it's more yeah. important to, to try cases than to win cases. You don't fail to protect democracy by saying, you know what, we probably won't win at the end of the day. That's no government I want to be associated with. Right, right. Well, yeah, you said um, uh, we are dealing with a bunch of cowards, but we also have a bunch of heroes. I'm glad you took time to give a shout out. You said Judges Chuck and Walton and Sullivan, Public Service Servants, Ambassador Marie Yovanovitch, uh, Vindman, Colonel Vindman, numerous other whistleblowers and many others. We have fighters uh, among us. We're going to talk to Miles Taylor in just a bit. I, it, that it, This, I mean, it just feels, and you knew this was going to happen, right, Glenn, with the... Um, the appeals court temporarily blocks the committee from obtaining Trump White House records, which they were supposed to get today. We knew this was going to happen, right? A, a federal appeals court uh, granted a request from Trump to temporarily block the National Archives from turning over the records today. Um, courts often issue these types of injunctions, I'm reading, to allow more time to consider the underlying issues. The order was not a ruling on whether Trump or the House committee has a stronger legal argument. Well, I mean, Trump has no legal argument. He's not president yeah. anymore as Chuck can very, very, you know, clearly laid out, right? Yeah, but, but let's look for some light amidst the darkness of the appellate court now putting a stop to the documents going over to the select committee. So Tanya Chutkin, first of all, who I used to try murder cases against when she was a public defender in the courts of D.C., she's the real deal, strong, fierce, smart. She got it right, and importantly, she moved that litigation at light speed. And my favorite line is that, Presidents aren't king and plaintiff isn't president. Those are words for the ages, right? Yeah. And then, not, not surprisingly, the appellate court said, not so fast. We want to take a look at this. And they put a stay in place. But they set oral arguments for two weeks from now, November 30th. What does that tell us? It tells us that the courts are wising up. And they're not going to let Trump weaponize the delay endlessly to try to run out the clock. Nixon, right? We subpoenaed the tapes. And it took only four months from the date of the subpoena 
for the Supreme Court through all of the intermediary courts to rule and say, Richard, turn over the dang tapes. Four months, that was light speed. That feels like the track we're on now. No, we don't want to wait four weeks, four minutes, or four more seconds for justice. But if they're going to expedite it and they're going to say, Trump, get out of here, National Archives, give over the records, I am willing to wait a short amount of time through the process to get that ruling. I think they said, can we call you Dick in that <laughs> ruling? But that's just... I was so close to going there. Ah, I, I, went there. I went the rest yeah. of the way for you. Exactly. Yeah, let Stephanie have no decorum. <laughs> Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. But you made another great point on Twitter, as you do. You said if the DOJ fails to hold Trump and company accountable for their attempted overthrow of the government, the Republican concession speech will go the way of the dinosaurs. Seems like it already has. Guy still hasn't conceded in Jersey, right? As a Jersey yeah. boy, you know what uh -huh. I mean. I mean, it's just, yeah. and he lost by the same amount that, you know, uh, Terry McAuliffe lost by. And it's just, you're right, this has become their whole party now. And even if DOJ is working hard and diligently behind the scenes and putting a big case together, and I have some reason to believe they are, they don't seem to appreciate the sense of urgency with our democracy hanging by a thread. And, you know, I think Trump continuing to recruit foot soldiers for insurrection 2.0 they need to move out they need to move yeah. out now even if they haven't perfected their investigation or their case so yeah, yeah just seriously curious where you come down on the joyce white vance piece because i think i think we're having her monday but you know she basically said it's a good thing this is taking time the steve bannon contempt thing and that she feels like it is going to happen i've heard a couple other experts say this where where are you at with that because i know someone just got put in place like last Friday, I which one? The some DC. Mm -hmm. um, so what? What do you think? I mean, where are you at with what do you what you think may or may not be happening at DOJ? Yeah. So so my former colleague Matt Graves is a good man. Was just confirmed by the Senate. He was put in place as the U.S. Attorney in DC, yeah. the person responsible for br bringing a Steve Bannon indictment. So yes, they need some time to work that through. And I'm loathe to disagree with anything Joyce Vance ever says, because if Joyce tells me my middle name isn't Lewis, I pull out my driver's license, <laughs> just, just to be sure. But, but I will respectfully disagree. This is something that can be done quickly, but more importantly, needs to be done quickly mm -hmm. to send the message to the Mark Meadows of the world that you don't, and that Steve Miller's of the world where he was yucking it up on Fox, you don't get to make, you don't get to politely decline a subpoena. It's not a party invitation, yeah. but that's the message DOJ is sending by not timely indicting Steve Bannon. Where, have we, where are we at with Georgia? Because I, I, it's, we've, I've, are we, are there, are they, is there a grand jury? What, I mean, that's one for yeah. lay people like us. We go, it's on tape. What's taken so long, right? I mean, how is yeah, that not he, he election been, interference? With Donald Trump's election crimes violating as many as a dozen statutes in Georgia, on tape, as you say, he could have been indicted, tried, convicted, and we could be halfway through his appeal at this point. 
And Georgia just impaneled a special grand jury, which under Georgia law investigates but doesn't indict. Then they would have to move to a regular grand jury. You know, when you look at Georgia, New York, the federal government, this is not the tortoise and the hare. This is like the tortoise and the snail and the sloth. And nobody, nobody wants to be the first one to indict a former president. But step, he's going to be indicted. I'd bet a buck. That's my betting limit. And everybody's going to want to be the second one yeah. to indict yeah. a former president because they won't suffer that yeah. white hot glare of being the first prosecutor yeah. to bring charges. You know what, Glenn? It's almost the, the full beaver moon, isn't it? Coming soon. What? The full beaver you, moon eclipse is coming. Don't get weird, Stephanie. My point is that someone's got to make this dam break. And once the dam breaks... Oh, no. Worst analogy ever. I'm who's sorry, the first Glenn. Busy I am beaver. so sorry, Glenn. You need to break. <laughs> I need to go, Glenn, for some reason. I don't know why. God. But I love you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Glenn. Love you, Steph. See <laughs> bye, you guys. Glenn. Okay, bye. bye.